Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. I have something to tell you. Um, hi, y'all. This is Danny J. <laughs> uh, this is Jill, and we're apparently not going to talk about what Danny has to tell me until after the mic is off. No. Well, no, no, no. Oh, so okay. I have to – so this is really funny. Um, Jill's dad, Jim Coleman, has these – what do you call – what do you call your dad's A leprechaun? little saying? No, what do you oh. call your – what do you call your dad's saying? No, your dad. I don't like, know. He his little, these, yeah, these little one-liners, but they're like not even, I don't know how to even describe them. So tell us about EWAP real quick. Yeah. So sometimes, so it's more, he's so funny, but he's not like trying to be funny. He just more is funny because of how he like will just say something that no one understands, but you do understand it. So he'll just be like be having a conversation talking about something's going on at work or like you know something we're struggling with there's something that's a frustration and he'll just go well ewop <laughs> and that's it like he doesn't like say anything else he'll just say something like that ewop e w o p so first of all i was like what is ewop and he's like oh it's an acronym e w o p everything works out perfectly and it's like, oh, okay, now that makes sense, right? It's like, because yeah. we're talking about a frustration or a struggle or something. Well, EWAP. EWAP. And you know what? It's true, actually. I the love- more <laughs> I think about it, the more I'm like, you know what? You're right. We have to, we can skip all the mental aerobics. Let's just go right to EWAP. Yeah, dude. So EWAP, I love, and I've shared with so many people. I even made a t-shirt that said EWAP for a few friends. And I shared it with Jeff. And today we have, he has a like real estate business. He's on Slack talking to his team. And they had this deal that kind of fell through and was a little messed up. So he was trying to kind of uh, cheer up his team member. And his this guy lives in the Philippines. So he doesn't, first off, nobody even knows what EWAP here is anyway. But second, he's thinking there's like a language thing. So he's typing a message to his buddy. And he was like, hey, man, it's all good. Take a deep breath and just EWAP. And before he could type what EWAP meant, the guy Googled it. And he goes, oh, man, I just Googled EWAP. Now, guess what happens when you Google it on Urban Dictionary? It says, a random person that you would assume is weird or just plain out a loser. So he's thinking his boss just called him a loser. Like, hey, man, you lost the deal. Take, oh, a, deep no. Take a deep breath, you loser. <laughs> so, oh, so, my God. So he goes, I just Googled it. And then Jeff was like, wait. And he told him what he meant. And then the guy was like, oh, my gosh. And he screenshot it. And I was laughing. I go, can you imagine this poor guy was like, my boss just told me I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> And here Jeff is like trying to cheer him up. He's like, hey, man, it's cool. Just EWAP. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so anyway. Not I to be confused with, it's just groceries, man. It's just groceries, man. It's just groceries. That was another thing you said. And it's so true. He was, so my dad was like, he was a store manager. He worked for a grocery chain for a long time. He was a store manager. Then he was a regional manager. And he would still go and like talk to all the employees. He talked to all the young kids who were, you know, uh, bagging and getting the, the <laughs> getting the carts out in the uh, you know, driveway, I mean, uh, the, the parking lot and like just people who were in the back, like stocking shelves. Stuff. He would just talk to everybody. 
he's very extroverted in that way. And this one guy came in one day, young kid, like 20 years old, and he's like so stressed about something about, you know, what's going on at the store and something's missing or like whatever. And he's getting really, really anxious. And my dad goes, hey, man, it's just groceries. They come in the back of the store. They go out the front of the store. It's just groceries. <laughs> like it's so true though. And everything he says is just a metaphor for life. It's just groceries. So it's now groceries. that's like one of our sayings at Jill Fit. Sarah loves it so much. One of our sayings at Jill Fit, like if there's anything that's like a little tiny, like whatever, like if someone's getting heat about something or, you know, whatever, just groceries. Like we got it. We, we can handle this little whatever it is. And it's just not that serious. And it's so true. I love it. I guess you could call them gymisms. My dad. <laughs> yeah, they, we, exactly. They're they're J. Coleisms. Yeah. My dad had some very interesting ones that we used to call them Danisms, but they were just exaggerated lies. I don't know what they were, but my, my ex-husband and I used to call them Danisms. So yeah, J. Coleisms. They're a lot better than Danisms. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> just come in the so, back of the store, go at the front of the store. <laughs> like, well, yep, that is exactly how this business works. <laughs> just, just groceries, man. Just groceries, man. Not that uh, serious. Man. Well, That's so good. We're going to talk about some stuff that maybe is a little more serious than groceries. I don't know. Um, on the hub of this news that was just released. So you may have, I don't remember if we talked about it. I think we may have. I don't know. I don't but so. Dave Hollis, um, he was a, in the personal development space, wrote some books, married to Rachel Hollis, who has a podcast, author, um, big in personal development industry as well. They divorced about two years ago, I think right before the, right in the pandemic. And long story short, Dave Hollis passed away um, like two days before Valentine's Day this year. And it was shocking to everyone. He was 47, seemingly in great health. He was a runner. He was dating for a while. Uh, Heidi, I always want to say Powell. Arch, Powell. Um, Heidi and Chris broke up around the same time. Heidi and Chris Powell broke up and they were they started dating. And I guess Dave Hollis was even doing some fitness challenges and things with Heidi. So from all the looks on the outside, he was really healthy, seemingly doing well, 47 years old didn't wake up. And there were some rumors that he had been seeing a cardiologist a couple of days before his passing. And so they thought that he had some kind of a heart attack or something to do with his heart. Well, the autopsy report just came out yesterday or two days ago, and they found a lethal amount of cocaine, alcohol, and fentanyl in his blood. So that leads to all these conversations that I was kind of just scrolling through a little bit on Reddit. And, um, First off, just tragedy all around. Yeah. Um, he has like, he has a bunch of kids. Yeah, like, I think he has four children. You know, just a lot, lot of life. Ahead and we of know him. we have a lot of like mutual friends. Like, so we don't know yes. him, but we have a lot of mutual friends who know him, and you know, obviously spoke very highly of him. And I mean, he has several books out. And I'm sure he's impacted a lot of lives. And so it's definitely it feels kind of shocking to hear the cause of death given. Yeah you know, all sort of like the feel good vibes around, you know, his brand and personal development. He was in a corporate job for many years and got out of that to like, you know, be out on his own, help his, his then wife and now kind of struck out on his own and for all intents and purposes from the outside looking in was really crushing it. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's just one of those things. It's obviously a massive tragedy. Of course, we, we hear things like this all the time when it comes to celebrities or whatever, but it kind of feels, I don't know if you feel this way, but it, it hits a little bit closer to home when it's someone I feel like in our space, Yeah. you know, and it's someone in personal development. And so, yeah, continue about some of the articles that you were reading. 
Yeah. So, you know, a lot of articles and, and just comment threads on how people, especially followers of him, I think, feel duped in a way where he was, quote, maybe preaching health and fitness and yet living this different life or double life, um, having an alcohol addiction. Although I think he recently did go to rehab for some kind of alcohol problem. And, you know, I will tell, say truthfully, you know, he just went through a divorce about two and a half years ago. Dude, I was doing some stupid shit after my divorce too. So it's like, can yes. just judging him as like this addict may or may not be true. Could have been a short time in his life. Could have been, uh, it sounded like from, well, a lot of people made the uh, assumption that he probably wasn't trying to overdose and he was probably doing Coke and alcohol that was laced with fentanyl. It seems like fentanyl is causing a lot of accidental overdoses for people. It's being put in the drugs that it shouldn't be. So regardless, that was the actual cause of death. And so we, I wanted to bring this up in the broader conversation of what a lot of the comments were about, which was who he was showing up as online and who he was behind closed doors. And Jill and I come from the fitness industry, um, the competitive fitness body image really industry. And I think you and I both saw this a lot where what we saw in front facing this super lean fit world and then behind closed doors we saw a lot of drugs um people using different drugs to get their bodies to look a certain way I I remember going to a photographer in 2009 and she said to me um do you take Anivar and I go what she goes you take Anivar and I said I don't even know what that is I was so naive to any of the drugs or things used but I guess it was she told me that it was a drug they gave to AIDS patients to keep from muscle wasting and that a lot of bodybuilders use it to help build muscle and stay lean and she said everyone does it and I go everyone <laughs> and I'm thinking about all the people that she shot that I knew of and I was going oh my gosh this is who she must be talking about because she, she shot with some of the best in the industry and I remember feeling so duped like I've been working my ass off and they're just taking some drugs to get lean like shit. But I never went to search that out and I didn't go down that path. However, all of that to say that we are in a lot of, we're in industries and we're the influencers of the world. A lot of them may be preaching something, talking about something, and yet on the other side, they're doing complete opposite. Well, and not even just the drugs, right? I mm -hmm. mean, like, yeah, that, I remember for sure there was, um, what were people taking when we were kind of coming up? They were, I mean, I remember, what was that one chick who was like, who ended up like her and her husband? like Kelly Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Ryan. She ended up going to, to prison. Prison. Mm -hmm. Because she and her husband together, I guess, killed their assistant. Yep. Right. And, but they were like super jacked up on like Coke and like G and like Jane. all that mm -hmm. kind. Of, yeah. It's just wild when you like hear about it. Cause I mean, this is quote unquote like a fitness and it's hard not to judge, but it's like, I remember even just going to some like my or, like early fitness conferences when I was just kind of getting into the space. And I don't know this really happens anymore, but I remember there, I remember being like so new and I was going to a fitness conference and I was kind of like, learn, like I kind of knew some people in the industry at that point I had been blogging for a couple of years. And so I was kind of making connections with some of the bigger names and some of the bigger fitness influencers. And I remember feeling like we were at this dinner and I was like, oh my God, I just, should I even have dessert? Like I was like, kind of like, you know, I'm in a fitness conference and I'm like, I don't want people to judge me if I have dessert. Like I don't want to have a couple bites. Come to find out next morning, I'm like at, uh, I don't know, I'm like at a um, the session and so-and-so was like, oh yeah, like a group of people were just like doing coke all night in like a hotel room. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> like, I was like, so floored. But, you know, and I, I, again, I think it's like a small minority. And I think a lot of that's not happening anymore. But like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I think if you went into these like closed doors and it's whatever, like, look, people do what they want to do. And like, hey, I'm not here to judge you if you want to do coke or whatever you want to do. But like, but the problem becomes that you're preaching something else to the world. Yeah. You know, the people who I see who are talking openly lately about drugs, about things like MDMA or, you know, drugs that are like technically illegal, at least they're being honest and open about it, you know, and they're just saying like, hey, like this is just what I do. And like, this is part of my thing. And they're not toting like, oh, I'm, I have this perfect physique and I do everything right. And I'm super healthy all the time. And in the meantime, I'm, you know, doing all these drugs behind closed doors. I have a drinking problem. Yeah. And so I think the, the issue becomes when people have, everyone has their own path. I think the issue becomes the incongruency. And yeah, where does that leave followers or audience members who are, you know, are sort of believing some, some one thing and they're really not seeing the full truth. And it really is it people's job to share all yeah. of that stuff, you know? I mean, like, where's the, is it, they, do they have a responsibility? Mm, that's a whole other conversation. Is it their responsibility? Um, like, do but, they have to disclose that? But I think, yeah. and you'd probably agree, it, it, when you start taking money, yeah. Right. Then all of a sudden things change. They they do change. And I I was what was coming up in my brain as you were saying this was thinking about doctors. Right. So you pay a doctor. It's a little different because they're not out there marketing like their lifestyle. Let's say you go pay a doctor who happens to be overweight and is a smoker. And he's telling you like, hey, your blood pressure is high. You need to lose some weight. And you need to quit, cut back smoking. And he he or she knows that they need to stop themselves they're not but they're not like pretending that this is their life they're just like hey this is what you need to do for your health I feel like there's some kind of difference and disconnect there it's like we can take advice from the person who you know they need to take their own advice but maybe they're not like putting on this front as if that's their lifestyle right I don't know I think it's the part of it is with when it comes to like influencers it's the lifestyle that they're selling and often it's we're only seeing what they want us to see and it's coming off in a certain way and it's the way they want you to see it and it's not necessarily the truth or the case and I think it comes back to we've had a lot of conversations around kind of discernment and just who are you following and not putting people up on pedestals mm -hmm. and in the fitness industry I would say it probably in the fitness industry meaning like I should kind of caveat with this like weight loss slash diet industry and like maybe exercise I would say the percentage of people with eating disorders in that niche is probably space. Yep, is probably way way higher than the normal population. So a lot of people with eating disorders um, teaching other people how to eat, and the thing is, is they probably know, but they're struggling with their own stuff. And a lot of times, we're trying to teach the thing that we need ourselves. So it's important to know that I think, and not to be maybe let down. But also on the other, on the flip side, well, it's like put your other hat on. Maybe this is you, right? This is maybe me in the past where I was like struggling with my own eating and I was trying to figure it out, and I didn't quote have it all together and I wasn't all healed, but I was getting great results with my clients and I knew what I was doing. And it's really hard sometimes when you maybe want to be in this space and you want to teach, you're like, I don't have it all figured out yet. So I can't be an expert, mm -hmm. but you are. So there's like this interwoven, like 
Yes. You need to teach what you know, but sometimes you're not living it. Sometimes you're not walking your walk. So then you feel like you're having imposter syndrome. And should you just not talk until you're, quote, healed or fixed? And I don't know. There's such a gray area in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in, in the case of like a Dave Hollis, or I know I, this is my experience too, was when I stopped competing and for about a year and a half after I did my la- like after my last show, I was still giving my clients meal plans and some of them were getting up on stage. Some just wanted to lose body fat. And I was, I was on my own meal plan, but I couldn't stay on it. And I was having a really hard time with like binging and my metabolism had slowed down. And like I had, you know, I was dealing with some, uh, you know, like obviously binge and deprive sort of food obsession, body obsession, exercise obsession. And I was like, I remember I had so much shame. I was like, Jill, you are giving your clients these meal plans and regardless if they're doing well or not, right? Like like you said, some of them did like really well on it. Yeah. And so did I for a time. But then I got to the point where I couldn't even stay on them. And I'm like, and it felt out of integrity. I'm like, look, you can't even, number one, I was so ashamed. I'm like, how can I possibly ask my clients to do what I can't even do? And that's when everything changed for me around that because I was like, I literally, from like a, just a moral perspective, I literally can't give these meal plans. Even if it works for a time, it worked for a time for me too until it stopped working. And I was like, yeah. I don't want my clients to have to go through what I went through. So can we, and that's that's where we, we sort of like birthed the Moderation 365 movement was right then. Cause I was like, I got to figure out another way. And so I think that there's an opportunity. I think there's probably going to be a buffer period for a lot of people where they maybe notice that they're not walking their walk entirely. And I think don't judge it like I did. Like I was, I had massive shame around it. And I was like, oh, I can't even talk about this. I can't let people see me having a glass of wine. I can't let people, you know, and meanwhile, and that probably, that probably, I don't know, went on for like maybe six months to a year before I was like, okay, I can't live like this. Like I have to, I figure out a way to be honest about this and then also change how I'm helping my clients. So I think when you notice that the thing you're prescribing is that you aren't doing it or you can't do it like I was, don't judge it, but maybe try to change your approach. There's a a million ways to help a client, right? So figure out one that also feels an integrity for you and feels congruent for you. And then that's just what your prescription becomes is the thing that you feel like in your integrity, you can actually prescribe and you can actually sell and actually collect money for. I got to the point where I was like, I can't actually charge people for this. You know, because I was like, I know in my heart of hearts, like if they're not having trouble now, they will years from now. And I'm yeah. I'm actually, I'm exacerbating the problem in the industry. So I think if you notice that, and to your point, you don't have to be fully through it, but you do need to stay aware, right? You yeah. need to stay aware of like a massive disconnect. And that's what we talked about with the Dave Hollis thing. You know, I was saying to Danny off air before we turned on the mic, I'm sure that the shame that he felt in the difference between being an addict and then being someone who's in the public eye, who's like, live your best life and have this fitness challenge and like doing all these like, quote unquote, healthy things, I have this great relationship, I have this great family, I have these great kids, like whatever. I'm sure there was massive shame in that disconnect, which only exacerbates the addictive behavior, mm-hmm. right? You Then you have to drink more, you have to abuse drugs more, whatever, to to not have those feelings. And so what is the solution if you start to notice something like that? Can you survive coming clean on stuff? I mean, or do you just shut down your business? Do you not be an influencer? Like, what do you do? Well, I love that you said you pulled back and you stopped doing it because I think that is a way. It's scary because then where's your money coming in? Right. But I, I did the same thing. I was like, I can't do another meal plan. I can't write a meal plan. It's not what people need. 
um, at least the people that were coming to me. And uh, I was kind of chuckling because I remember you said you said in that moment that you were kind of scared to talk about how you were drinking wine. And then I remember when you said you first shared it and it was so scary. But I was thinking, how do you just start sharing on social media like, hey, I'm snorting coke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you could. I think you could. I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of like you and I. I mean, it's same shit, different outfit. Yeah. You have a business that you share your partner with. Yep. And then your partner cheats and you're like, fuck, how do I tell my audience that I didn't have a perfect marriage? Mm-hmm. Right. Even though I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Right. And I clearly did not. There's embarrassment there. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so I think there's a way and I know, if, I don't know how you shared, but I shared about the, you know, infidelity and divorce in an email to my list, you yeah. know, for the first time. So I think it's okay to say. I'm struggling with this thing or I mean I've de- you and I have talked about alcohol on on social media we're like hey like it's not my favorite like I don't yeah. love that I drink like you know or whatever like I don't love that I drink I drank so much after my divorce but it was what it was I'm not I'm not here to judge myself or judge anyone else but just so you know like you know it's something that has happened or is happening or I'm working through or I work through I think it's okay to include your audience and and I feel like that that helps people trust you more when you can at least start pulling back the curtain even a tiny bit. I do agree. And I actually think that bringing up those things that you've done or did in the past or even are continuing to struggle with, the things you think that are going to scare people away that you think are going to make them suddenly think you're not an expert or not legit are probably the ones that are going to relate or resonate or just appreciate that you're sharing them. So you can say, yeah, I've struggled with this. And, you know, let in his case, maybe, hey, since the divorce, it's been really hard. I've had a harder time with substances. It's been a coping mechanism. Yep. God knows that you and I have gone through it. And totally. <laughs> like anyone going through a breakup could, could if they haven't struggled with substances, could understand why you might. Totally. Um, so I think it's, I think there's just so much that when we decide to put on the I'm a leader hat, I'm an influencer hat, people look up to me, that we suddenly feel like we have to be perfect and show this perfect version of ourselves. And I think that's such a slippery slope. And one of the things I really like to want to talk more about is the mental health aspect. I think too many leaders and entrepreneurs are struggling really bad with their mental health, with depression, with anxiety, and with shame because they feel like they have to be this picture perfect person because that's who they have been and maybe for a while they were and then it just started the rug got pulled out from under them like uh you know an affair or something something happened in their lives where they're like oh my my ground that i thought was solid is like quicksand and suddenly this is not working the way i thought it was but i have to keep up as if it was yeah and i think sharing in the humanity of like hey i'm struggling right now and even though I looked like I had it together in the past. I felt like I did, but right now I don't. And and that's okay. I think more of that kind of sharing will help. And I think that will also help you not fall from graces so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think why people fall so hard is because of the fake, the fakeness. fakeness totally. Work. I mean, because that, that was like the next thing I was going to ask you is like, we've seen not a ton, but we've certainly seen influencers just talk about drug use, mm-hmm. their drug use. And, you know, maybe it's not like Coke, but it's, you know, they're like, I do MDMA or like Molly or shrooms or whatever. And like, to me, I don't judge that. I, I think, and these people are being like, I don't want to say celebrated, but they're certainly be accepted on the internet, yeah. you know, because they're just truthful. 
and they're not um what's the word like they're not like um I mean maybe they're glorifying, glorifying. it mm-hmm. yeah but they're not saying like hey to be cool you have to do you know MDMA but but also they're just like yeah that's part of like what I like doing on some weekends I do it like and here's how I do it safely and here's yeah. you know how I do it with friends and here's why I like it and whatever and to me something like that if you want to incorporate that into your brand you know I think it's a much better approach to your point not falling from grace to include your audience in yeah. that but you have to have a level of honesty with yourself I, I'm glad you brought that up because I recently watched a YouTube clip of Hermosi and he was talking about how he uses nicotine gum and nicotine patches to like uh, suppress appetite and I was like wow really so interesting one I was like I didn't know it did that but I thought I didn't know people would just who aren't smokers use nicotine and I just appreciated the honesty around it because he's lean as fuck um, and you look at someone who's that kind of lean and and he always talks about I always eat dessert and get dessert first and so you're going okay how does he eat all this dessert and he looks like that so then at least you know well there's other things he's probably doing so to me it helps it's doesn't make you go I don't get it like why doesn't my body work that way it's like okay well if he's doing and it also doesn't make you the way he shares it though it also doesn't make you be like fuck that guy right like it's very much like it's just part of who I am and there's like an ownership to it and I think that's the difference right if you're like trying to like hide it then it's like then it's like shameful right Mm -hmm. but if you're just like talking openly about it and sort of owning it as like hey this is just part of who I am this is part of what I do it's like take it or leave it there's something almost like oddly attractive about that yeah the liver, you know? king, the liver King guy, perfect example. Totally. Liver King guy, uh, millions of followers, looks jacked as hell, says he's never done anything. And then this email was leaked about how he spends like $10,000 a month on steroids. And it's like, dude, we know. If he had just and said. just talked about it. There's plenty of people who, I mean, at the top of that sport that just yeah. are like constantly talking about what they're doing. Like it's just like taking, you know, I don't know, taking any other supplement. They're like, here's my yeah. cycle. Here's how I do it. Here's like. I don't know. To me, that it could be that easy if you just yeah. owned it. Yeah. I mean, one of the themes that constantly comes up in this podcast is taking ownership, just radical honesty, radical responsibility, trusting yourself and that you can handle it. And if you feel like you are being inauthentic, you can make the decision to start being more authentic. If there's something you feel like you're hiding, you can make the decision to either stop hiding it or you can stop doing it okay if you want to or you can find a way to share that part of your life so that you're lessening the shame and bringing people in and letting them know you a little bit better and that can be really scary but I think in the long run you're going to feel a lot better you'll be able to show up even easier online I think sometimes too when it's really hard to create content is because you're putting on a mask and you're like it's so hard to not be yourself so if you are all of yourself if everyone knows your shit if they know what's going on it is so much easier to show your face and to be open and to talk about whatever you need to talk about because everybody knows everything so I would say to the person who maybe has something that they're a little bit nervous about or worried about maybe that's the thing that you need to start sharing with your audience open it up a little bit and then you you might have that breakthrough on your content that you've been looking for yep I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I I agree that when you can be more congruent and show up more authentically, it's so much easier to show up. And it's just, I don't know, it's like fun even. I remember the first time I shared drinking wine 
And so many people are like, I'm so glad you shared that because it like humanizes you. And I like a glass of wine every once in a while. And honestly, it was like kind of nice to share. You don't want to glorify alcohol. Like it's not my, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't love that I like to like a drink, but I'm like, it's just part of who I am. I even started talking about the fact that I take edibles like to sleep at night. You know, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. You've definitely talked about some, you know, obviously things that you've done for your, your grief and mental health and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I don't know. I mean, I think if you can just own it and talk about it in more of a clinical way versus making it this like really shameful, like I'm being a secretive weird, like, you know what I mean? And I get if it's like a hard drug like Coke or something, you might feel like, I don't just like share that I do Coke every weekend, but, (laughs) but you know, it's okay to say like, uh, you know, yeah, I drink probably more than I should. And I like, or in Dave's case, right? Like I drink more than I should. And like, that's just, or, but it it almost goes against his personality. I think that was why, you know what I mean? Cause someone, do you hear like, I'm trying to think of someone who like loves a cocktail and there's like, yeah, that fits. Right. But I think for him, it didn't fit Mm -hmm. because he was this like family man, always smiling, you know, like, I don't know. Everything seemed to be like picture perfect. Yeah. And I don't know, to me, just be real, man. Just be real. It's just groceries, man. It's just groceries. EWAP. (laughs) Well, unfortunately it didn't work out well for Dave, but rest in peace RIP I'm sure he helped a lot of people even despite all this right and like yeah. and that's the thing that's the last question which does it does it take away from the good that he's done in the world yeah no no it doesn't like I mean those people still had that effect you might feel duped and you might feel like oh it wasn't real but your results were real yeah you know if you read that book or you know he impacted your life in some way that's real and you get to take that moving forward yeah that's such a good point I feel like sometimes if we find out things about our mentor or something that it takes away from their impact and it, it just doesn't no, have to. I had a mentor that for years I used to promote her and talk about her and kind of just forgot about her and someone came to me a few years ago like during the pandemic and messaged about some nonsense she was doing and I'm like okay I I don't follow her anymore but also that doesn't take away from the, the impact she made on my life so anyway She's no longer online, I think, but doesn't matter. I just, I got what I needed. And yeah, you got what you needed when yeah. you needed it. Mm-hmm. Well, it is what it is. But also, and the, and we've talked about this a lot, but just the high level takeaway too is these people on the internet who have large followings are just regular humans and we would all do well not to put them up on these weird pedestals where they're like a celebrity or they're better than or whatever. They're just a human, just like everyone else trying to do their best and they're just like everyone like they're just like you or me or danny like and so i think that's the big takeaway too is don't put people up on these pedestals and if you are an influencer fucking be real with your audience yeah it's the best way to build trust anyway and then you don't have to pretend you're something you're not love it well that's all I got on that one. All right, y'all. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for being here and for listening, for your time and attention. And if you guys have any ideas, questions, comments, anything you want for us to riff on, our DMs are open at the Best Life Podcast. We're also doing Me Mondays. Don't forget that. We have some good ones coming um, every Monday. And uh, if you guys liked an episode, we would so, so appreciate if you posted it to your Instagram stories. We will always regram you. That's all we got. We'll see you guys on the next episode. See you Bye, guys. Episode.